people and, and it moves people to tears sometimes and sometimes you don't know why why is this piece you know capturing me you don't know but you just know that it's making you feel something and that's what art does art makes you all kinds of art makes you feel something Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to discussion and exploration of art in the creative process. I'm your host, Aaron Ertz, and today's episode is the first part of a two-part conversation with the artist, Diane Uroda. Diane is a fine artist from the US who uses art as a catalyst to open up the discussion of environmental concern and conservation. Her main body of work, called Turtle Tracks, highlights the journeys and prominence of sea turtles and how their tracks are often obliterated by the sea or human footprints. Her work considers the transience of life and I had a great time talking to her about her paintings. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did having it. The best place to start as I start with everybody um, is just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Well, I was the kid who was always drawing and making, you know, Barbie elevators out of strawberry crates and things like that as a kid. And I still remember getting, I don't know how old I was, maybe five, I don't know, getting my first box of 64 crayons that had sky blue in it, which was the most beautiful color in the world, I thought, and still do. I still use it in all my paintings. So I always did that. I always took art in school and in high school. And, um, you know, high school art 100 years ago when I went to school in Kentucky um, was not high school art now. They come out with these like amazing things. And I I just didn't know what to do with it. I knew I wanted to do something in art. But at the time, it's like, well, I could be an art teacher. And it's not like today where I could get on the Internet and say, oh, you know, I want to be this. I want to do this or I want to go to this school and let me see if I can get a scholarship. You know, that that wasn't available in my Um, parents didn't have the money to send me to a Rhode Rhode Island School of Design was big when I was in high school so but we didn't have the money for that so I just didn't you know be an art teacher the art teacher at our high school been there for 50 years you know it's like I just didn't know what to do with it you know so um, I just got a regular job and went to college at night and you know then computers were big and that's not my brain at all. So, you know, I just kind of just messed around with stuff. And then, but then, you know, I got married and had a family and, um, but I always did something. I always did crafts or I sewed or I did something with fabric or I painted the walls, you know, something like that. Yeah. You know, I always did something artistic. I always had to be creating something. And when we uh, moved to Florida in 91, um, I painted murals on my daughter's bedrooms. And then friends said, will you paint on my kids' bedrooms? And it had to be a part-time business where I did all these murals. And that's when faux finishes were big and all that kind of stuff. So I had quite a little business. And then I refinished furniture. And so I always have done something creative, but never painting. That just never was like in my radar you know if I had gone to art school maybe but I didn't so you know it was always just doing something you know small or something not to my house or to furniture and stuff like that so that's that's what I did the whole my whole time until I had that one experience I had one primordial experience that like made me want to paint 
But I think what's really great about that, actually, and now you've said, you've said like all the different things you did, like that's really interesting to think of like art isn't just painting and art's not just being an artist and selling work. You know, you could be an artist at any kind of craft, you know, like woodworking is an art and, you know, right. kind of remaking furniture is an art and designing is an art. And I think maybe sometimes we forget as a society quite easily that art's all around us. We just yes. consider it like, okay, cool, that person can draw really well or, oh, that landscape is beautiful but it's actually what about everything else everything that right. we use you know from day to day and actually somebody posted I should really know who but somebody posted the other day on Instagram about apparently in the UK I hope I'm getting this right but apparently in the UK they're considering cutting the number of spaces in art education for like art courses um and those kind of a bit and I was reading the comments and they're really interesting because everyone was a bit like well this is terrible and it's nice to see that people appreciate the fact that artists aren't just people who just paint really nicely and sell you know sell images for potentially a lot of money it's actually in the everyday and really like what and actually I guess there's a question to ask you that I didn't intend to ask you but like what do you think would be lost if art was taken away from society oh gosh it would just be I can't imagine because you know, everything, everything you see is art. It would be so boring. It would be so gray and, and you wouldn't be inspired to connect or to do anything. I, I just, I mean, I can't imagine. It's just, and there's been so many studies like the arts on students and what it does for them, you know, and how it improves their math score. It, it improves, you know, it's not just yeah. you, you learn to paint, but it, the composition or the music, playing a musical instrument, you know, that's improves your math. So it's like they can't take art from, they, I know they've like cut art a lot, but they can't take it from schools because kids need that, you know, foundation and you need that to be encouraged to be creative because you, you never know what you're going to be, you know, if like yeah. someone, Luckily, I had parents who encouraged my or anything, you know, I wanted to make or, or anything. They let me do it so um, I could paint my bedroom any color I wanted. And, you know, I mean, That's it was so like cool. all, all, you know, all along. But, you know, then take, for example, my husband, who in elementary school, the teacher told him is treated and look right. And, you know, trees don't look like that, you know, and it's like you can yeah. go either way, you know. And so he's completely like never drew again, you know, so yeah. it's sad. but. I can't, it would be a very sad world, I think, if there was no art. I mean, because people, people connect with art, you know, you, you, yeah. you go someplace and you look at um, artwork or museum or you hear something beautiful and it moves people to tears sometimes. And sometimes you don't know why, why is this piece, you know, capturing me? You don't know, but you just know that it's making you feel something. And that's what art does. Art makes you, all kinds of art makes you feel something. Whether you're looking at beautiful fabric or running your hands around something that's been freshly sanded, you know, this wood that's been made, brought to this beautiful, you know, shine and polish. And, you know, it's it all makes you feel something. So, so you raise a really interesting point, actually, about like, it's really to do with the people talk, whether they become artists later on and or have an interest in art. And I'm kind of curious, like, what are your thoughts on art education? Well, I mean, definitely all through school. I mean, you know, I think it should be in every grade all through like, you know, high school it, into college. Um, you know, as far as college classes, um, I would have liked to have been able to do that. Um, 
would it have brought me to the same place I am now? You know, I don't know. You never know how that's going to, I can't, was, that wasn't available. So I didn't take that yeah. route. Um, I definitely think that it has advantages because you have a community. If you, if I had been doing this from the beginning, you have a community, um, you learn different things that I'm just now learning. You know, you would have learned that a long time ago. Um, I think that there is a um, advantage to having, like I see it now because I'm kind of at the level where um you know, I don't have an MFA. I don't have that. Yeah. I can't put that on my, you know, CV. So I think that sometimes you wouldn't be considered for some things, you know, because I don't have that. But, you know, it's all depends on what you want to do. I mean, do you think that having a degree is important for an artist? Um, I think n- not on what you're able to create, but maybe depending on what you want to do with it and where you want to go and what level you want to reach, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be considered maybe for some shows because I don't have that, but then there's other shows, but you know, that's okay. You know, it's like, I'll do the shows, you know, it's like, that's not why I got into painting, you know? So if I'm not considered for that show because I don't have an MFA, then that's not where I'm meant to be. And that's not. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting answer. It's actually not something I've ever thought about before in terms of like, actually maybe the opportunity you get would be very different from if you right. didn't have that. Um, right. And actually that's very, that's a really interesting thought. I haven't thought about that, but there's also kind of, anyway, it's kind of quite dangerous though, I guess, because the problem is that people could, you know, be doing, you know, doctorates and stuff you know, for the sake of the title, as opposed to the fact they actually like what they're doing. And I guess I could be in any subject, not just art, but I right. think within art, which is already so kind of, you know, it's kind of stigmatized already, like enough as it is even now, I think that could be quite potentially dangerous. Saying that, saying that though, if someone has the dedication to do a doctorate in anything, you know, fair right. play to them. So I guess, right. you know, maybe I shouldn't be so um, judgmental. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I see it. It's like I um, I see it that if like if, if I wanted to be in this group, then I'd have to have MFA, you know, or or maybe if I had been producing, you know, all this stellar work for the last, you know, 40 years, it would be different, you know, but yeah. Um, so the way is, yeah, so. I think I think it just depends on what you want to do. If you just if you want to paint for the enjoyment of creating and, and then you can learn, you know, by various means and, yeah. and do it. If it just depends on what you want to do. But, do you think do you think that we'll ever get to a point where kind of the idea of the amateur, you know, in a positive way is kind of considered a good thing because I think you know people use the word amateur is very kind of derogatory and it's like oh well that person doesn't know what they're doing but actually some of the person that's painting you know just as a side hobby not really not making any money from it just to do it to do it um, do you think there should be more kind of enforcement of actually that's a good thing um yeah I mean it is I I just it's interesting that this interview is coming at this time because I've kind of reached this point like where do I want to go from here? So, yeah, you, cool. so this is a good interview. It's for, for this time. And that's why I'm think that's why the thought of, well, I'm probably not going to be here, you know? So, but that's not really 
my goal. I love doing art shows. I love doing them. So I had to go back and think, why did you start painting? And I never thought that I'd be in an, you know, fame, you know, it's like my goal was never to be famous. And I'm fortunate that I don't have to make a living at doing art, you know, so it's supplements, but I I don't need to sell my artwork to eat, you know, so, um, so that's could be a different situation. But I do think, um, you know, I see people who are just learning that are doing like fabulous stuff and, you know, that happen that are self-taught, you know, so I really can kind of consider myself self-taught in a way all about like color and because I was doing it on walls and furniture and things like that, Um, like the technique and what materials to use and things like that. I learned when I took some art classes after I turned 60. So that's amazing that's and it's amazing that you went out of your way to learn that not like oh you were taught that it's like you know you were like you know what, actually you made a conscious effort to be like you know what actually this is something I'm interested in um and actually okay let's talk about your art there's a couple of questions I want to ask you later okay um yeah so tell us a bit about your work uh, for those who have not seen it like, just explain your work a little bit well um I do abstract paintings. I call it um, abstracted realism because I'm always starting with something real, a a real photo that I take. I never use anybody else's photos because I consider that their intellectual property. They created that. It's not fair for me to copy it even in a painting. So no matter what I paint, it's from a photo that I took. I have a couple times asked permission of a friend to use their photo, but I never just take, so I take photos. I make abstract paintings of them. Um, my main series is called Turtle Tracks Art. Yeah. And I take photos of sea turtle tracks that I found in the sand and I turn them into paintings. And I was inspired to do that after a certain moment in my life. and. Um, that's become my main series however I also do paint um a Volkswagen in San Juan um you know I have flowers I have race cars I have you know bakery goods I have you know all kinds of things because now whatever I see I'm like oh that'd be a cool painting I want to try that and and I learn something every time I paint whatever it is so so I have like my main series and then I have all these random bits of other kinds of paintings so that's what I actually really liked about going through your website particularly is that it's kind of like it's very eclectic but in a, a very like <laughs> positive way like it's kind of I was going through and I was like oh I didn't know you did this and I was like oh I definitely did this and it's really nice to see because yes I know you've a Turtle Track series because that's the one I see a lot of and I see you post about it often um, but it's nice to, to kind of discover like the rest of your work also um and actually let's talk about your turtle track series first and then we'll go into okay. other images um so yeah so let's talk about it in terms of so um yeah just explain kind of like how this series came about and how the concept came about okay this is what inspired me to paint um i really wanted to see a sea turtle and my daughter lives i live on the west coast of florida she lives on the east coast of florida and there's like a 20 mile stretch which is the archie car national wildlife refuge and you can walk to that from her house And I feel very safe there going out after midnight by myself, just walking up and down looking for turtles. But the first time I said, you know, will you please take me to see a sea turtle? And they'll have 20,000 nests each season. So, you know, if you go out after midnight, you're going to see them. I mean, there's drone footage of them coming and going and coming and going, you know, all on one night. 
So she took me out and of course we didn't have lights and we stayed very far away back up in the dunes. And she points out these dark shape coming up from the water and you know, you're looking and I mean, I still vividly remember the night. It was moonless. It was, so it was dark, but you know, it was, you know, you can, I can still hear like the sound of the waves and smell the air and I'm standing there and I'm watching this turtle and she's just pulling herself out of the water, just flipper pull by flipper pull, like struggling in the water. They're very, you know, graceful, but on land she was struggling and she'd have to rest every couple of feet. And I watched her and I just kept watching her and I get emotional when I talk about this because I still have a hard time describing it. I'm standing on this beach with my daughter and my grandchildren and this turtle's coming back to the same beach where she was born and they've been doing it for since dinosaurs roamed the earth, you know, so that just blows my mind. So I'm standing there with my generation. She's coming back to this beach for her generations. And suddenly there was this transcendent like moment where just like things kind of fell away. It sounds crazy, but, and I just felt this connection to this turtle. Like there's this connection with this turtle and my grandchildren and dinosaurs and every living thing all through time. It's just, and I don't know how to describe it. And I, you can see what it does yeah, to me. I get emotional. It's it was transcendent. It was primordial, and but it was certainly a pivotal moment in my life with to have this feeling of this connected to the universe. I'm connected to the universe. I'm this much a part of the universe. This tiny, tiny, tiny part of it. But we're all a part of it, and we're all connected. So the next morning, I wanted to find her tracks. So I said, let's go out and find her tracks. So we go out and find them. And I look down, and there's this perfect swirl in, in the sand, this perfect pattern. And I've always kind of been attracted to patterns. And so um, I'm looking at it, and I said to my daughter, I said, this is so beautiful. I mean, look at this just perfect pattern. And, it, and I thought, in an hour, this is going to be gone. Wind's going to blow it away. Waves will wash it away. People will walk on it. Um, and no one will know this turtle was there but us. We were the only ones who saw. And I'm like, I have to document it. I have to say, I saw you, mama. I saw how hard you worked and you made this beautiful thing. And I'm like, I have to paint this. And then I thought, you don't know how to paint. And so I'm like, I have to learn how to paint so I can document that I saw this turtle, that I can show that she was there. And so I said, told my daughter, and I'm like, don't you? And so I didn't tell anybody else. And for like, I thought I'm going to learn to paint. So I started going to like gallery shows and museums, like how did they wire that painting on the wall and what did they paint on and so forth. And then after my 60th birthday, I signed up for some classes. And the only class I could get was abstract expressionism. And I thought I would paint these realistically, more realistically at first was in my head. Um, But I fell in love with the color and the abstract pattern. And honestly, if I was painting them realistically, I think I'm on 67 now. If I was painting them realistically, I'd probably be bored with them, but because they're abstracts, I can make them anything they, I want. You know, I they, they don't have to look the same. And um, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, it's not abstract expressionism, but I fell in love with the color and the being able to do whatever you want with them. I can make them all different. And um, so I waited about a year 
before I started painting them because I wanted to make sure I could do a good job. And yeah. it took me that long to feel confident that I could come up good. with something, you know. And then I started painting them. And um, I give a percentage of the sale of each one of them to sea turtle rescue organizations. And I also donate paintings to them to sell as well as other charity organizations. But, but yeah, so that's how that started. It was one moment that really just changed my life actually, you know, it's just that, that one singular moment just opened up a whole new world to me and, and changed my life. You just never know what's going to happen, you know? Oh, that's so beautiful. Like, yeah, like it really like, is. <laughs> no, like, you know, like, it it's really like, I'm sorry, is. I just go like, my, I, my eyes well up, I get so emotional. It's like, sometimes I can't even talk about it, but it's just no, it's it's still a very special moment to me. I can still just picture it in my head but i think the thing that's beautiful about that is that not everybody gets to experience that in their lifetime and you did um i think that must be kind of strange for you because you know even like when you say walk down the street or drive down the street you know you look at all these people and and you kind of realize like they're not clued in and then maybe in the same way you are you know they may not have the same kind of thoughts and and reflection upon their own lives in the same way you have and you know that's really interesting to me that you know everything you're doing is for a purpose. Like there's a reason you're doing it. Sometimes we lack purpose and sometimes we don't really know what we're doing or we think we're doing things for other people. We're really doing them for ourselves. Um, so it's kind of really, really, really beautiful to hear that, you know, you were so moved by something that it really did actually change the direction of your life. It's not just, oh, I liked it because it would make me money. It's like the money's not even important. The art and the documenting and the history is important. That's really right. beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, maybe age has something to do with that too, you know, yeah. and, the, and um, I don't know. I just, it just never occurred to me that I would sell them or that I would paint more than, you know, I just never thought past, I have to learn how to paint. I have to learn how to paint so I can do this and never really even thought about selling them. That wasn't, I don't know what I thought I would do with them. I just thought I would make them and pack them in my house. I don't know. I just just had had to do it. I just had to do it. How many did you originally intend to make? Or was there never a number? I, I, there was never a number. I, I have over 2,000 photos on my phone. Oh, wow. Facts. You know, no, I, that was never a goal. I, I don't know. I, there was never a number. There was never. I just have to do it. And then I'll do another one in a different way. And I just never had a goal. I just was going to keep doing it till I didn't want to do it anymore, which hasn't happened. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen for a very long time. <laughs> um, but then the thing about that, that's really, really interesting is that like, you've kind of found, you know, rather, okay, rather you know, whether it's, you know, by accident, I guess, but also you, you kind of found like a lane and that sounds, makes it sound so kind of redundant, but you found like a lane so that you really enjoy and that, the, the way you can do it over and over again without it being repetitive to yourself. And I think that's quite an important consideration because I think, you know, I look at a lot of art and I, I love a lot of art, but I always wonder sometimes how the artist feels about creating their own work because you are essentially doing the same thing over and over again. And if your imagery becomes repetitive, like you could get bored of it. So you found a way to not get bored of your own work, which I think is why you're so successful and so prolific because you are very prolific. Um, that's why, because you're not bored of it. And I think that's something that you, you know, should be taught to other artists, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm still excited to do them because yeah. I'm 
create and and everyone's different you know every painting is specific to one's mama turtle and so it's a date and a time it's a moment in time that's and a pattern that's never going to be repeated because you know whether they went this way or that way and yes you know different types of sea turtles have certain you know pattern flipper patterns but they go all different ways and they go over dunes and they go down holes and over things and so the pattern is never the same. And then being that they're abstract, I can do whatever color. So none of them are the same, you know, they're all different. And so I'm not bored at all. And um, I still get excited by like, what can I do with this one? And oh, this is a cool pattern, you know? So it still excites me. That's actually a really lovely parallel between the fact that, you know, their patterns are always different. And then the fact you can always do something different with your work. It's like, that's a really nice parallel. Um, it works so well. Yeah, I think that's really lovely though. And it's nice as well, because it's like, your work is very much not about you. And I think lately I've kind of done actually a lot of thinking about this, of, of my own work and of other works. Actually, probably because of uh, the last person I interviewed, actually. Because she said something and I thought about it and I was like, oh, it's been on my mind which is cool i get a lot of things i get a lot out of these interviews more than anybody else they're very selfish in a way um but it's kind of interesting to consider that a lot of artwork is very like for views for likes for kind of the i hate the word but for the clout you know for kind of other people uh you know it's very kind of selfish and kind of outward facing but your work is very inward facing it's very like it's yeah it's for you as well for you to be satisfied but it's for to raise awareness and you know as you said on your website conservation um the idea of you know conserving things and kind of appreciating you know the little things we have and things like sea turtles which to be honest i don't really think about on a daily day day to day basis but talking to you about your work now i'm like actually that's really interesting um, yeah it, you know. it, it, it is it's um you, you know there's a lot of images that you see out like i for one i cannot look at images of, you know, trapped sea turtles or, you know, you see these yeah. images of poachers and like, you know, wildlife, horrible images. And I think there's a need for those kind of images because these atrocities really do happen. I mean, you know, these, this thing really is happening, but I can't look at it. So I think after a while, there's a um, tendency to say, well, I'm not even going to look at that. But you know, and, and you just don't think about it, you know, out of sight, out yeah, of mind. Absolutely. Where I'm trying to, you know, my paintings aren't going to disappear. They're going to be around for a long time, you know? And yeah. so um, it's a different way of saying, look, this, that's happy image. I, I paint the color. That's why I use bright colors most of the time. Like, I think it gives them like a vitality, you know, it's like um, uplifting colors, you know, like you, might not get you know it, it's showing the same thing it's show if you if you get attached to like oh that's a sea turtle in the story and this is her path and then maybe you start to think about sea turtles and maybe the next time you go to the beach you think oh I'm going to pick up all my stuff because there might be a sea turtle you know yeah. so it's a different way of getting you to think about sea turtles when people look at this painting and say what is that you know yeah. like it's it's a path that, that this mama took on this date and I found it on this date and she was coming up you know to lay these and now there's a hundred more little hatchlings back in there in 30 years they'll come back to the same spot you know it gets you thinking it's just a different way than um hopefully more enjoyable than seeing like these graphic horrible images and actually that's probably a good question to ask you then so like why is art a good 
method of relaying this information like why 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 did you choose art as opposed to say like making a film or i don't know taking a picture um well i mean i think that well first of all i don't have the skill to make films but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know i'm hopefully i've learned the skill to make a painting but um I, I don't i think it's just a different method you know that hopefully because it's not in your face that maybe people are like oh i could care less about you know, this conservation or sea turtles or ocean conservation or anything, but you get drawn into it and then you just start to think about it. It's a kind of maybe kind of way to draw somebody in slowly to the message instead of like beating them over the head with, yeah. you know, don't put your plastic in the ocean, you know, which is they should do, but you know, it's yeah, like that, there's a need for that too, because some people need that, but other people who might not think about it and then they start thinking about this little mama struggling at the beach, you know. I, I don't know. I just, I think it just is a different way and maybe, um, maybe a happier way or maybe a more enjoyable way. Hopefully people, you know, it, visual messages have a greater impact that's been proven than words. I think it's more of an intriguing way because you have to decipher what you're looking at and you have to read into it and read behind the messages behind it as opposed to just being like, okay, that's a nice image. It's not as obvious. And actually that's really interesting for me. That's interesting. It's why, you know, I'm very glad you said yes to this interview. Um, yeah. because it's nice to talk about your work because as I found with every other interview I've ever done it's it's all it's all well and good seeing somebody's work and being like oh that's a really nice image but actually understanding the image is is a really very very different world and right. you know how you feel about your own work isn't related in the work itself um, so yeah so it's really nice to kind of understand oh actually not only do I understand your love for sea turtles but I also understand the importance of it from you as a person into your work so now when I see your work I'm going to be like you know actually this has a really important message to share like I interviewed a really great artist called Rodney Thompson um his interview won't be out I think till next year and he is images you probably might have seen them uh like people with their heads on fire yeah um, yeah and it, you know and the whole reason he does it is to raise awareness about mental illness and it's like so, so lovely to see people use art as a tool to raise you know kind of awareness about a topic and I think you know it's beautiful to say you do the same thing um yeah I think it's just really great and you know I'm kind of curious that people choose art though because I feel like like actually I guess now is a good time to answer the question uh, but like do you think that people value art nowadays and do you think they value the kind of time and effort it takes to create a piece of art um I do think people value art I don't think people understand and unless you've done it I don't think you realize how many hours goes into creating yeah. something you know how many hours you know you think about what you're going to paint or you know and then in your mind you're going over maybe I could you know make it like this or maybe I get this you know taking photos on the beach you know taking photos of your yeah. for reference or you know what you're going to paint you know choosing your paint you know <laughs> prepping your canvas wiring you know varnishing like I don't think people realize how much time goes into something, um, even packaging up artwork to sell, you know, it's like or the ship um, just takes so long, you know, because people, I don't think people understand. And I don't think I really realized how much time is involved in, in creating art until I'm actually now doing it. Yeah. You know, although I have to say that, like, you know, you think you're going to refinish this piece of furniture or, or sew this, you know, 
outfit or something in a certain amount of time. And it usually always takes you longer than you think it's going yeah. to. So <laughs> thanks, to, yeah, thanks, John, get it right. And there's always the one little place. It's like, Oh, everything is perfect except that spot. And then you work on it and work on it. And then you mess up this part over here. And then, you know, so there's always that too. Yeah. So what's, what do you think the biggest challenge of being an artist is? For me, it's time. It's just time to fit it all in because I'm I'm not a fast painter and it's the time to do that and everything else you have to do in life. I think for me, that's yeah. time is the major challenge. I think a lot of people said that. And I think, as you just said, because people don't realize how much time actually goes into it um, because, you know, the actual painting of the image is really just like the 5% of the actual job of an artist. Um, and I think it's just, it's even now it's crazy, even after all the reels and all the, you know, social media posts and after all the kind of behind the scenes videos, people still don't seem to understand, like, you don't just paint a picture. It doesn't work like that. You don't just be like, okay, wake up one day, paint something cool, go sleep. It doesn't work like that. Like right. there's a whole process to it. There's, it's a lifestyle in yeah. many ways. And I think that's something that, you know, I would hopefully like to raise more awareness of and hopefully other artists want to raise more awareness of um because i think it's important to realize you know art is a valid career it's just something i'm obviously i'm very passionate about and i think more people need to kind of see it through the lens of of the benefit it's having to society as opposed to like our oh, people are just you know wasting their their university degrees because they're studying art you know i think we need to kind of demolish that old kind of way of thinking um in my opinion um but anyway, go back to the questioning. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, rent. you know, you, you go to a doctor's office, you know, and they select, you know, certain paintings for, you know, in, yeah. in public places to evoke a certain mood, you know, to calm, yeah. you know, if you're in a hospital, you're going to see calming, you know, artwork. So, you know, there is a need for it. And definitely. So going back to your Turtle Track series, I'm kind of really curious. So like, how do you decide which images to, to paint? And also how do you, what's the kind of like, if you don't mind, could you just like break down the kind of creative process that goes into um, creating an image? Well, I, like I said, I have all these photos and I'll go through one when I did. Some people have now have said, do you have a turtle that was there on this date? You know, because it's a special wow. date you know and it's like well if it's during nesting season there's a good chance I have a photo from that date but I just basically go through and find one that's like that's a cool pattern and I could do something with that and and then I start with that and then then it's like even what color should I use you know how I spend time thinking you know how can I do this and although I use a lot of the same colors I don't have a strict color palette and so it's like well maybe I'll use this color and maybe I'll use this color blue or this color blue you know so it's like even that takes a long time so and then I sketch it out and and I sketch in like watered down black or Payne's gray um, paint I use my little number two brush no matter what size painting I got to get out of that because the, that's what that's what takes me so forever but I sketch it out in that and as opposed to pencil or charcoal, I sketch it out in that. And then I just go through and I start, I kind of paint almost like watercolor because I use thin layers of acrylic. So I start light to dark. So I just keep adding layers and layers until I'm happy. So, and I just start filling in, you know, and then sometimes beforehand I'll add molding compound as texture. 
And then again, because I want to keep this pattern, I take my little palette knife and I'm like going, sh, 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 making these little marks to outline, you know, where I want the texture to be. I'm not just splashing or texture on. I'm actually taking a little knife and just, you know, drawing, drawing with it almost with the molding compound so that the texture mimics the pattern. So it's very, yeah, I mean, even, even my four by five foot paintings, I do the same thing. It took me forever, but you know, I, I have to do, cause I, I have to stay with the pattern somewhat. See, but that's, can, that's dedication though. Like that's the thing, like you're very dedicated to what you do. Uh, and I very much admire that because I think, you know, you could easily just be like, okay, cool, throw a few layers of paint on it, it's done. But like the fact you actually go into so much detail, which, you know, to be honest, could be quite easily lost looking at on a screen. I think that's right. really, really amazing. Well, then I then I give the people, whoever buys the painting or if I'm giving it away or whatever, but I give them the photo of the tracks, you know, oh, so you can see this wow. is the actual photo. Here's the date. Here's the time. Here's where I found it. And, you know, so here's the actual turtle tracks. It's interesting because one of my... Um, the biggest painting I've ever sold is a four foot by five foot painting. Wow. And I was carrying it into, um, and it was an abstract of the turtle track. And I'm carrying it into this beautiful condo that's overlooking the water or the ocean. And the lady says, um, I really don't like abstracts. And I'm like going, oh no, you oh, know, no. she's saying she doesn't like this photo, you know, this painting. And then she says, yeah, I don't think I'll ever buy another one. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to say she doesn't want it now. And then, then she said, no, I just love the story about the turtle. And so she connected with the turtle first, the story of the turtle, then the artwork, instead of connecting with the artwork and then the turtle. I, that's only happened once, but it's just so funny that it's the biggest one I've ever sold, you know, so you just, you just never know, you know. So, so she loved seeing, she, she blew that picture up that I gave her and framed it and put it next to the painting. So, wow. yeah, so you just, you just never know. So that's why I feel like I kind of, even though I take them off, like, you know, in all kinds of directions, you can still see from the tracks, the original tracks, the photo. So I have to stay kind of realistic, even though I may amplify or blow it up or, you know, extend it or whatever. That's really cool though. Like that's like fascinating how that you can just kind of be so creative with your own work and kind of not really fit any kind of box or kind of force yourself to be, you know, a certain way or repetitive or do the same thing. And I think that's, that's something that people should really kind of think more about because I think realistically they should take a leaf from your book because I think, you know, it's very easy to be stuck in your ways of doing something particularly if it sells and particularly if it's successful, particularly if people seem to enjoy it. Um, it's just something that's very interesting. It's very refreshing to hear, actually, I must say. Um, and actually talking about colors as well, even though we want to talk about colors, we're talking about colors. What are your favorite colors to use? What are my favorite colors? Well, sky blue, another crayon. Um, I use a bright yellow. I use um, teal a lot. Um, I use, I like like red purples. Um, my favorite color was just discontinued. It's Quinacerdo Nicolazzo Gold, and it's kind of a burnt orange, but when it's thinned down, it's almost like a yellow. It goes from yellow to gold to this burnt orange, and I use it in every painting, so I bought whatever I could find. And um, But anyway, so that's one of my favorites in sky blue, and um, 
you know, like a, a yellow, a gold green or lime green, orange. Mm. So they're all bright colors. I, I don't like muddy. I'm, I'm trying to learn some muted colors, but I, I'm mostly bright, bright colors. Yes, yeah, I was going to say, because I guess, I know you probably you touched on it earlier, but I guess like the emotional feeling of the image is very important to you through color i think you know obviously color and emotions go hand in hand but i think i guess it must be very important for you to use colors that are a lot warmer that are a lot brighter that are going to attract people not just visually but also you know to the story which is a happy one which is one about you know kind of the wonder of the world so yeah i I imagine so and they're just the colors that make me happy you know i could look at them for forever you know if like i said if if i don't sell them you know it's like oh but those colors make me so happy you know i I enjoy them so those are colors that i enjoy so i'm hoping other people do also so what do you do with the ones you don't sell well um they're all over my house but um you know so hopefully i enter them in shows i have a solo show coming up in january so a lot of them will be there you know, I am fortunate to have sold some, you know, several, yeah, and you know, good. and so yeah. So I, I like doing these shows, and um, so yeah, I have a couple of collectors who are like, yeah, I, you know, I want the next one, and or people like I said, they they connect to one for a certain reason, they see it, and you know, so um, yeah, it's, but I but but I enjoy all of them. You know, I still make artwork that I enjoy selfishly, I guess, unless I'm doing a commission, you know, so like I'm doing a commission now that um, is flowers, which again is something, you know, not my main series, but, and they, they want some warmer colors and things like that. So I'm using them because that's what they want. And, uh, and, and I'm learning, but like I said, I learn something every time I paint something. So so actually, that's really interesting. I didn't know you did commissions. So actually, if you don't mind talking a bit about that in terms of like, why did you decide to to start doing commissions and kind of like, what? how is it different from you creating like kind of more personal work? Well, <laughs> so I started doing commissions when someone asked me to paint something and yeah. I did. And I, I'm not open to all commissions because okay. it has to be, you know, it has to be something, one that I think I could do justice to you know if someone asked me to paint something and I don't think I could you know make an excellent painting I'm gonna say no also I think some people um are easier to work with than others and you know so it's it's mostly people that I know that I take commissions from you know that you know like this is my friend's daughter's bridal bouquet you know so it's like something special to her so you know it's things like that or here's you know, my dog or, you know, stuff like that. So it's mostly commissions like that. I've done, I was going to say, I've done a few people, but that's, I don't really, people, that's not really my thing because, you know, portraits or, you know, figurative painting. I just don't feel like I know enough about it to, you know, to feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, actually, that's something I wanted to ask you that I actually didn't write on the interview notes. Um, now you've mentioned it, which I'm glad you did because I completely forgot. Um, and this idea of kind of when we think of art, we kind of think about portraiture. We kind of think about figurative art before anything else. Um, or at least maybe I do. And I'm very guilty of that on the site and with the people I interview and with a lot of artists I look at just generally that I really like. It always seems to be figurative before the landscape or for, for the environment. And kind of like, what are your thoughts on that in terms of like, as somebody who doesn't paint people, 
do you feel like people may view your art differently or do you feel like maybe people might not understand it or may not class it as art? Um, I would love to be able to paint portraits. I was just watching, actually you, you would probably like it. There's a, um, I found it on IMDB, but there it's um, from uh, Britain and Ireland and they travel there was um, portrait, uh, portrait painter of the year and landscape painter of the year. Okay. It was like a reality show. And it showed how they did from the beginning. I, I do not feel skilled enough to do that. You know, I, I, have, yeah. I, have, I would have to take classes to learn how to do that or practice a whole lot. Um, I do think that's what most people think of when they think of artwork. They think of portraits or landscapes or still lifes, things like that. So, um, but I just... I would have to take a whole lot of classes before I would feel comfortable really doing portraits, but putting that out there, I think. But, you know, I'm always willing to try. I'm taking up a plein air landscape class coming up. So we'll Are see. you? Wow. Yeah. Just That's one. Be amazing. But it's like, we'll see what happens. So if you're interested, I have a few artists that I know, not particularly well, but I've met a couple of them in real life um, that I could link you up to that if you need, if you want any advice or anything like that. Um, or I just know of, of artists generally who paint like planner. Um, if you want me to to connect you, which I will anyway, because I, sure. I will yeah, anyway. that's great. Yeah, um, I'm always interested. I'm always like like finding this thing. I was just looking at the Smithsonian has <coughs> put all their artwork, not all of it, but a lot of their artwork um, you can use. They put it all up for oh, really? you to use. Yeah, on their site. Look for I think it's called Open Access on the Smithsonian. Okay. So all the Smithsonian museums, there's several of them, but um, oh, wow. yeah. So you might be interested in that, like looking at the photography or other artwork. No, absolutely, you can, use, you can use it. They're giving you. That's what interesting. Use some of them, like some of them you you can, and some of them you, of course. Of you course, can. yeah. And actually, have you ever thought about um, licensing your images? For I like, have. I have thought about it, and that might be a goal in the future. Yeah. So you know working on kind of that maybe so because what's really interesting you had a dress that you printed one of your images onto um and i thought that was so interesting and so like just completely different and like that's like such an interesting way to kind of create the experience of your work in a very different way and what yeah. kind of inspired that um you know that i sewed more than i painted so you know i would make clothes for my my daughters and and you know especially when they were little and you didn't have to fit things not when they got older but you know or i made quilts or you know i made things like that that you know um so the fact i've always loved fabric you know i've upholstered furniture so you know fabric is really so I saw this opportunity to do that and I'm like oh that'd be cool to wear to like art openings and things like that so I think I just made a couple other things so it's uh you know I, I don't really want to do it to sell at this moment but you know if someone came to me and said whoa we wanted to put your you know they just found me randomly by looking through you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like you want to put this on on fabric it, it is it and I'm, it was fun to do to like oh what painting would I put in how would I put it together and so yeah so I mean I look at paintings and say that'd be a cool rug yeah you know I mean, the, yeah. the pattern and that would be a cool rug so like all these things this would be a good wallpaper so all that stuff's in my head you know I have 10 jillion ideas in my head so we'll just see what I'm able to accomplish and and have the opportunity to um explore 
yeah, because like that'd be really cool if you made like uh, a mini collection of clothes that have your prints on, for, and then purely for the sole reason of raising money for auction or for a right. charity. Right. Um, like that would be really cool. I know that'll be like one-off pieces that would never be replicated or something like that. Like something like that yeah. would be really cool. Um, well, actually, yeah. I do have a tie that um, I was in a contest. Um, actually, it was the first year I started painting, and it was a contest um, that benefited. Um, the people who paint street murals and okay. um the, and also the, they gave classes to underprivileged kids and so you donated a painting and it was um they the there was a there's a restaurant called the birchwood here and they sponsored it and as well as other organizations and it, it was the top 10 people um, would go and then, then the top three people um, they would make a tie out of it so wow. I, yeah so um, that so the second year I actually so the first year I was in the top 10 and um, it, it was popular vote and luckily I have a lot of friends and friends of friends and family and friends of family who voted for me so I got in the top 10 but the second year um, it was so and this was one of your other questions but i'm going to tie it i'm going to here it's like like <laughs> the moment that i really felt like an artist so i mean i felt like an artist when i sold my first paintings you know i guess but but like a like a professional artist yeah. you know but um the second year they did it again and i just donated the painting to donate a painting it was to send this time it was to send underprivileged kids to the theater and you know have them see a play and so I didn't tell anybody I didn't ask them to vote for me wow. you know I just like I just going to donate this painting because I believe in this charity so I was we were actually on vacation and I get this call and this year they decided to do it different they didn't do popular vote they, they did do the popular vote but the people who got the ties made were chosen by artists and oh. one of them is Duncan McCullough the famous class artist in the area and like I'm a fan, I'm a big fan. And I um, got second and I like, I cry, I'm standing there out on the vacation on this, with all this public and I'm just like crying because I felt like, oh my gosh, it's not just because my family and friends voted for me. It's like someone highly respected professional artist, you know, is one of the yeah. judges that picked this painting, you know? And so now it's on a tie. And uh, the servers at the brush would wear it. But um, anyway, oh, wow. like, yeah, so it was like, so I, I do have this tie and people are going to be like, are oh, you going to make more ties? And I'm like, I don't know, think people even wear ties anymore. I don't know that you're <laughs> staying at home and like, who wears a tie, you know? So um, anyway, but that was really cool. So I do have that. So I did have that. So I think about the, you know, the fabric and wallpaper and stuff. Actually, I thought I'd be doing that more than I would be doing paintings. But, you know, there, there is, you'd have to build up a brand. And then yeah. again, because I am all over the place and none of my paintings really look the same, I don't know if I have a brand. You know, I kind of do, I have a series. Yeah. But is it a brand? I don't know. That's a very, I, that's a very big question that. Yeah. I, I, do I want to be a brand? That's know? a better question there, to ask. Yeah. There are advantages to doing that because then you could, you know maybe get licensing and things like that so i kind of think as it's, it's a little bit off subject and we'll get back on subject in a minute but because you said that again as i said earlier you'll say something and i'll think of something else but i like, know that's, i'm like going off it's like no it's perfect 
as I've, honestly, it's what I love. When I ask people to interviews, all the interviews that I know, I just talk about or I go on tangents. I'm like, that's exactly what I want. I want to hear the artist. I don't, you know, I want to hear you talk about whatever you want to talk about. Even if we spend the next three hours talking about something that's not related to art, that's perfect. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what I want from these interviews because that's, you know, what I would like to hear. You know, I right. think it's great. Right. It's about you as a person as well as the artist. And I think right. a lot of the time it gets separated. Um, right. And it's lovely to talk about you about the world because, you know, you're way more experienced and you're probably a lot more awesome than I am. So, you know, it's great. Um, but getting back to what I was saying, which I haven't completely forgotten, did I forget? That's it, artist and brand. I think kind of by default, I think if you're an artist, I think you have to consider yourself somewhat as a brand. I think, um, and actually that's really interesting, I should say that, because I was listening to, so I've got an app called, I don't know if you've heard of it, there's an app called Clubhouse. Um, and what it is, is basically people have conversations, you listen to the conversation. Okay. And there was one last night I was actually listening to very briefly because I decided, it decided to happen when I was about to go to sleep, which is typical. Um, and the idea was, um, can young artists have success too early? Because somebody from free, like was in the show, free show, I don't know how what long ago it was, not that long ago, and they sold their work for like 1.1 million. And it's like, they're just not that long out of art school. And they were talking about like, can an artist when they're younger be hindered by the amount of success they have so quickly because then they have the pressure to follow up on on that piece of work and and the idea of branding is like if you're out of art school only a couple of years or you haven't really fully established yourself personally as an artist right. like how do you kind of figure out if you're a brand or figure out what you want to do or figure out you know kind of who you want to be or, or if you decide to change your mind and I think you know a lot of the kind of the moral dilemma of being an artist is very much not discussed um, and how did you navigate that yourself actually in terms of from becoming you know from, you know, from being, you know, I guess, and without sounding disrespectful, like an everyday person to them being like an artist, kind of like, how did you make that transition? And was it easy for you? Um, it was easy for me because I never started out to be a um, certain kind of artist or to yeah. have a certain kind of success. I just wanted to paint, you know, and then each painting, then I'm like, oh, I want to do more. I want to learn more. I want to do paint this, you know, I the reason that I do have all these different things is I'll see a call to entry for a show and then it'll be, or I'll see like my race cars. That's like, that's totally different, but it was in this new gallery that opened up and I'm like, Oh, it'd be really cool to be in the show. Cause this gallery is so cool. And so I'm like, maybe I could paint a race car, you know? So it's like, if you had some success again, like not doing it to, to doing it to be in a show doing it because that's enjoyable for me instead of saying like oh I have to sell this race car so I have to make a race car you know so if you yeah. sold some painting I guess on one way it would be like well you wouldn't have to worry about anything else but if you wanted to keep creating you'd think oh I need to create something similar you know I have to top it but it has to be similar because now people are expecting this from me or at least you know a collection of that where um I guess because I didn't start out with this is what I'm going to do for my life in my head. I was freed from all that. So it's really interesting for me because the more artists I talk to, the more I realize that the artists that don't consider themselves either quote unquote professional or the quote or consider themselves like as a brand and very kind of structured and very kind of 
um, together, I guess. Um, they're the artists who produce work that is the most consistent and the most together. Um, there's a an artist whose work I really adore. Um, and I was very lucky. I actually got to meet him in London when I went down for the, uh, the art fair. His name is J.R. Chiwo, and I've interviewed him for the podcast. They'll be out, they'll be out in the new year. Um, but once this time comes around, it'll have gone, which is funny. Um, but his work is incredibly interesting. And when I first saw it, I didn't really understand it. But having spoken to him about it, and taking the time to understand it's fascinating and his work is the perfect kind of it could, could do so well commercially and he has like because he paints he does like really 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 detailed hand cut paper shapes of inspired by coral reefs actually you might like his work quite a lot i think there's a lot of similarities i'll send you his work later on if you haven't already seen it actually you may have already seen it i probably have but the great thing about his work is that there's so much for me when I look at it, I can see it being so commercial in a positive way in terms of like, he could make, you know, a really good career out of what he's doing. But when I spoke to him, he was telling me like, that's not what he's necessarily interested in. If it happens, it's great, but it's not the goal. And I think that's, that's really fascinating to hear because a lot of the time you hear people want to become artists because they see Banksy selling work for millions. They see, you know, the next person selling work, you know, a Damien Hurst, which we'll come to later, um, right. a Damien Hurst selling, you know, for a lot of money. And they're like, I'll oh, call cool, our create out to make money. And it's like, art is probably not the career you want to go into if you want to make money quickly. It works right. for some people. There's no denying that, but not right. for everybody. And I think that's kind of really fascinating that like yourself, like a lot of the people who don't yeah. necessarily want the famous success, right. are the people who are the most put together and the people who actually had that potential to do that a lot more then just draw for the sake of making work right. um, it's really nice to see I must say yeah I mean I consider myself a professional artist yeah but so I, yeah yeah and you know I use the highest quality materials and you know stuff like that so I want my paintings to be around for a long time and I try to do things in a professional manner but I don't I don't well I'm not gonna I don't know who knows but you know it's like I the goal, like I said, again, I guess it just keeps coming back to the goal still isn't to be like famous, you know, it, it just isn't. But um, I just want to make paintings and hopefully people will like them and, you know, that sounds very simplistic, but basically like, and like I said, I'm fortunate that I don't have to like, oh, I have to sell this painting so that, you know, we can have dinner. So, you know, that, so that's, that's, it frees me up to be able to think like that, you know, but I, I do think you would get stuck. I'm free to paint whatever I want, yeah. you know, which is why my Instagram feed, you know, they say, oh, your Instagram feed should all look, you know, all yeah, match. like a mine is all over and here's my dog and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know? So it's like, if you looked at that, is that a cohesive um, snapshot of my paintings? No. It isn't because they're all over the place. You know, I guess you could pick out some colors and style. Style is the same. But other than that, it's, you know, a lot of varied subjects. That's why you have a website. Yeah. Which is also not your typical website. No, it's not. And, and I have some people who have, have said that I should change my website. But I've also gotten some opportunities because people liked my website. Oh, we really liked your website, especially... Um, ones that connect with people or live painting because they feel like they know more about me. So 
you know, so they, you know, they know more about me because I was, you know, live painting. They see that I was live painting or they feel like they know me more. It Maybe it puts them in touch with me more as, as a person because it's not like the, usually you go to a website and it's like a blank page with one painting and the person's name and a really nice font. And, you know, mine's like, here's a picture of this and here's a picture of that and here's this and here's a hippo and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So. And that's actually the most perfect segue ever that was not even planned because the next thing I was going to ask you about is your live painting. So that's absolutely perfect. Um, so yeah, so talk about this. I love this idea. So talk well, about idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've done it several times um, and it's mostly been for charity organizations and things like that. And, um, but I, as you can see, I enjoy talking to people about it and they, they get into the story about the turtles and you know how that happened. And then I show them the pictures and things like that. So um, I end up talking usually with people more than I end up painting, but um, I enjoy it. That's one of the things that I really enjoy doing. And it's some, I've got one of the biggest ones, there were 800 people there. And the biggest opportunities, they said, we really liked your website because they felt like they knew me, you know, they got some sense of me and could see me talking to people or, you know, just here's, this is my personal life. This is this, I'm an open book here. Anything you want to know, here it is, you know, and um, I love turtles. I love nature. I love this. I love that. You know, I love my grandkids, you know, so it's like, it's all in there, you know? And so they felt like they had this connection to me. So that was my big, actually, I'm getting ready to do it again in January, but. That's amazing. And actually yeah. that's, that's kind of interesting. I feel like I keep saying that, but that's an interesting question to ask you in terms of like, how important is it for you to be approachable? Oh, I think it's very approachable. I mean, I think very important to be approachable. Well, especially if you're in, in a situation like that. I mean, I, I have been places where somebody's over there painting, you know, in a corner and, you know, you're watching them paint. You're thinking, well, that's really interesting how they do that. But um, am I connected to this? I might like appreciate their painting and, and the skill it's taking to do that, but I'm not connecting to the artist at all if you're just sitting over there painting. So if you can talk to them and like, like, like you're doing now, you're talking to people, you know, if, if you just saw somebody's artwork and you didn't understand it and you didn't get to talk to them, you wouldn't, you know, you just kind of go, oh, that's nice and go on to somebody else. Yeah, that's very true. It's, I actually say it quite a lot, I think probably in my later interviews is that like, I'm very grateful for the opportunity I have doing this because I say it often, but it's like, I don't get to just like somebody's image and be like, oh, cool, I like that. I'm like, let's talk about it. Um, and you know as an artist like surely I mean I'm assuming but surely you'd love to talk about what you're doing surely you'd love to share it with somebody um, yeah. and it's and it's cooler and I feel like I say this to every person I interview from the US but it's cooler because you know I'm from the UK you're from the US it's you know transatlantic it's kind of interesting that it's from a whole completely different place it's not even from you know the next state it's from you know right. across the pond so right. it must be nice for you to kind of be like oh actually my work is reaching kind of a more of a bigger demographic than maybe I'd imagined it would yeah, um, oh, absolutely. I mean, did I think three and a half years ago that I'd ever be talking to somebody from London about my artwork? No, ever, never. You know, absolutely. you know, it's like that. Just so you just never know where life is going to take you. You don't. Yeah, you don't know. It's 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 pretty. It's pretty cool. I must say, it's nice, and it's the power of the internet, um, which is something we'll get into later. But yes, yeah, the power of the internet, really. Um, what is your favorite image you've created, and why? That is a hard one also. 
there was a couple questions I'm like, I don't know about that one. They're all, I have so many favorites that just because <clears throat> they're so, that I learned something, you know, like yeah. um, my first little abstract hippo painting <clears> of <throat> the premature hippo, the Cincinnati Zoo, um, that ended up on a t-shirt and I ended up being live Skyped on WKRC, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I like, like that just came out of nowhere. It was like, it was, there's a whole story behind that. But anyway, so that's a favorite. The first one I got accepted into a art show is special to me, you know, for that reason. This one's special to me because it was the first one that was internationally published. This is the special to me because it's the first time I learned to do this. I felt like I really did a successful way of painting on this this was you know so I have so many special ones for so many different reasons that it's it's really hard for me to pick a favorite of my babies <laughs> so that's fascinating for different reasons but that's fascinating because you're so accomplished so quickly but it's kind of interesting because you don't flaunt that you're not like oh look at me I'm internationally published or, oh look at me I was on this and like that's really 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 joyous to hear I think you know it's really really interesting that that's not the way you've approached things um particularly in a society where it is very much you know um you know show and tell I guess but like that's really interesting well and and sometimes you have to play those things up depending on what you're trying to do you know so I understand that and um but yeah it's I I think that things are special for certain reasons, you know, and it is important to like have those milestones. I mean, it, it does like, oh, wow, you know, look at, look what just happened. And I feel very fortunate. Um, I don't want to say lucky. I mean, I do feel lucky because I know, but I know also that I've worked very hard. Yeah, of course. You know, it may not seem like I have, but like I have since I started doing this, I do this and like I said, we're, I'm retired. So I am able to do this like, you know, all the time, but like I'll paint, I was painting until 1230 last night, wow. you know, so it's like, I work really hard. I work really hard on, you know, making contacts and, you know, learning from people. Like, how do you do this? Why did you do this? You know, what's the process you know what kind of art supplies like I, I've worked very hard also for this so like but then I know people who are working just as hard as I am and maybe have not had the same opportunities and and who knows why that happens maybe it's because I connected with the person um you know I have an opportunity coming up that came about because I taught a free class to um, arts, a few, a free art class, I mean, not a free art class, but I taught an art class to students in lockdown, you know, and, and I didn't get, ask for money or anything like that. I did a Girl Scout, you know, little, wow. little thing, like, you know, so it's like, then people know you, you know, and so it's like, I have an opportunity coming up because I did that class, never expecting anything to come of it. I just did it because I felt like it was important and I wanted to do it and I had fun, you know, so but then things come from other things. So I've, I'm fortunate that I've had these opportunities, but I've also been working really, really hard and still am like learning, like, you know, looking at pictures and looking at this and why does this work? Why does this not work? Like constantly. So. I think that's, that's amazing to hear. And I think that's probably why you are 
well you have been so i quote unquote i guess lucky um i think that's really yeah that's i think that just kind of shows you like how much hard work really actually goes into being an artist and also the idea that sometimes it isn't what you know is who you know um you know sometimes knowing people and kind of being you know approachable and being you know kind of a little bit more extroverted maybe is a good idea because i think a lot of the time a lot of artists are very introverted um and it's it's kind of a common trope but it's also quite a true trope from the people i've spoken to the people i've met like artists are quite personal people they're very private they're very kind of like the reason they do art is to express their feelings um and kind of like do you feel like you fall along but do you think you fall into like kind of the introverted or extroverted category yeah, no, I'm not introverted. I'm, a, I'm I'm an extrovert. I like people. I miss people so much during the lockdown. I miss going to gallery opens and seeing people and talking about art or just looking at people, you know, just talking to people. I miss yeah. that so much. But um, you also have to be afraid, I guess, because I'm not that. And, and it is like a little act of courage to, you know, I'll send somebody a letter and say, hey, you'd really like these turtle tracks in your whatever, you know, and cause I could do this exhibit and you could do this and you had to put yourself out there and they could say either one, you know, you're not good enough. No, I'm not interested. No, I hate turtles. You know, it's like, you never know, but if you don't try, so I've gotten some opportunities where I've just sent them a letter and said, here, I have a proposal for you. And sometimes it works and, you know, sometimes it doesn't, but you have to put yourself out there and you can't be crushed if you don't get into something or you don't get something, if you don't get into a show, doesn't mean that your painting wasn't as good as everybody else's. It's like, maybe you were the 51st of the ones that they're chosen, but they can only take 50, you know, it's like, maybe your size isn't right, or it doesn't go with whatever else, or, you know, maybe, or maybe you weren't good enough to get in. Maybe it wasn't the quality of work they're looking for, but if you don't try it, you don't know. So when I seek calls for entry, like I said, I really like those. And then some of them, I'm like, okay, I, I'll get into this show. I'll enter in this show. is like, eh, I got a chance of getting into it. I might enter. And then every once in a while, I throw a Hail Mary pass and say, I have no chance in the world of getting this, but I'm going to try it, you know? And I got one of those, you know, some of them I haven't, but, you know, it's like, you just have to put yourself out there and not take it personally. See, that's but, great advice. I think that's absolutely great advice. I think particularly when you're starting out and you want like you know actually not even when you're starting out just when you're being an artist and you want you know more exposure more opportunity right. you know kind of you de- more development you want to go up a level from where you are or whatever yeah yeah I think you know it's important for people to be confident in their work and I think sometimes artists aren't confident in their work or maybe they you know they don't know how to quite to speak about it or they're a bit unsure what they're doing and I think there's nothing wrong with that but I think you definitely have to reach a point at which you're comfortable with what you're doing and you're aware of what you're doing enough that you want to talk about it because uh, you're the one creating it you know if i always feel like if you can't talk about your art as an artist maybe this is not a popular opinion but if you can't talk about your work as an artist why are you creating it because there's a reason you're creating it right. um you know you don't have to give people an essay if they ask you for a you know an elevator pitch but at the same yeah. time i personally always appreciate people who write really nicely about their own work or even if they get somebody else to write about it but I appreciate a really well-written bio, which is how I actually pick a lot of the artists to interview. Because um, I feel like if I read people's bios or just something about their work or maybe just even in an interview and I say, okay, they've really thought about what they're, they're doing. I'd love to ask them why. You know, it's that kind of like, oh, this is interesting. 
why do you do that? Um, because I think it's an age-old question that we always ask ourselves about different things through our lives, but it's not something that you're always asked to really kind of express freely. So, yeah, I think it's cool. I have no idea what I was going with that tangent, but yeah. I think that was well, cool. And there's nothing wrong with, I'm going to paint this just because it's pretty. Oh, there's, no, absolutely not. And you know what I mean? There's the, there's that too. So if, if that's what you're trying to do and you're satisfied that it's pretty, then go for it. You know, it, it just depends. But if you if you want, you have to work for things that you want. So you have to just identify what it is you want and then you have to work for it. So do you have a studio? My studio is my bedroom. So I, wow. I'm fortunate that I have <laughs> kind of taken over our whole um, house. But um, we've got this um, bay window that's that's then that's where I paint. It's really nice. So and I've people have said, do you want to get a studio? But I really like being able to paint till 1230 at night or, you know, if I want to or just going, I just need to wait for this to dry. And then I just need to do like 15 minutes. You know, I'm not going to drive somewhere for 15 minutes. And of course, it is cheaper because I'm not paying rent somewhere. But I, I have a nice light and I can just go in there and shut the door and and uh, paint or leave the door open. But, you know, it's, it's next to a thing of dog toys and, you know, an exercise bike and just scoot that over and there you go so you can, you can paint anyway you know i've got i've got things out on my lanai um which is like a screened in porch um and varnish right now drying i've got stuff you know in my kitchen because there's a spot in my kitchen that you can see from like every area of my house or, or like three areas so if i'm like working on a painting in like one spot i know is bothering me then i'll put it there and then you know so it's kind of all over but you know, my husband's good with that. So that's, that's nice. <laughs> so, but you know, it's like, I, I don't just, I mean, I look at these studios and think, oh, that's like a dream. But in reality, this works much better for me, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. Paint, you know, it's all right there, ready to go. I don't have to drive somewhere. So. That's amazing. And actually, that's kind of an interesting consideration, the idea of, of wanting and needing and like you know you don't need a studio I think you know that's kind of a very big misconception that you know you need a big studio to create big pieces of work which you probably do for big pieces but like you know your average pieces you don't need obviously you need space but you don't necessarily right. need a whole studio particularly right. if it's if it's not cost effective and right. I think you know it's kind of really interesting to consider the fact that people strive for things that they don't actually need because they think they need it but they actually don't need it when if you use what you have, um, that may progress you further quicker because you're using the resources you have. Like I'm a huge fan of people who do things on kind of a smaller scale, very kind of DIY, very kind of minimal, very kind of, you know, let's just get up and go and do it rather than having to have things all perfectly into place and having to make sure everything's, you know, fully finished and fully formed. It's like sometimes you can hinder yourself by overthinking your work and and how have you kind of come to terms with knowing when a piece is finished for instance like how do you do that um I think a piece is finished now you're talking to somebody who like will work for you know hours on like a little one inch square spot so um when I cannot think of one more thing to do to it to make it better it's finished yeah that's perfect because um it's, it's funny 
Um, I interviewed, I feel like I keep saying this a lot of this interview, but I've done a lot of interviews. Um, but I interviewed a, a really, and I keep saying like they're really amazing because they're all amazing. Art's just amazing. But I interviewed a really amazing sculptor. Um, he creates these beautiful resin sculptures that I'd love to own one day, but I, I probably can't afford, but I'd love to own one day. Um, his name is Joe Vigio. And um, he actually said, he, there was, it was a quote from somebody else, but I'm going to put it into his name because it was so cool. He was like, oh, art's never finished. It's abandoned. Um, and I really like that idea. Like, what are your thoughts on that statement? Well, um, there have been pieces that, like I did earlier, that now I've like, oh wait, that wasn't as good as like because I have achieved some more skills and like I've gotten better. And um, like, oh, this would help this painting. So I have reworked some early paintings. You know, it's like, oh, this will make it better. This is what it needed. I just didn't know it needed it at the time. And there's some that I just put aside because I'm like. I know there's something more that needs to be done to this. I don't know what it is. I'll just put it aside and work on something else, you know, but um, I just look at it and say, is, if, if I do one more thing to it, is it going to make it better or worse? And then, then that's it. Then it's done. I'm perfectly happy with every little area of it. I stand back. I watch. I look at it for a day or two and it's like, nope, it's good. It's perfect in my eyes. So, so when you're working, um when you're painting do you paint alone um well me and my husband's here my dogs are here you know so but I, I have taken some classes and I enjoyed that but now I just really enjoyed um when I started but now I just yeah I just am in the other room usually painting and um I might be listening to a podcast or or a book or you know something on tv that I can just listen to and not watch but usually some kind of informational thing I feel like not, not with a lot of noise or something yeah because my question was um, the idea of how do you come back kind of the loneliness world. that includes the first part of our conversation with Diane V. Rado. thank you very much for listening if you have any questions or comments about it please send me an email at theflowingthroughgoal at gmail.com or by social media sites such as Instagram or Twitter. The Flying Through World podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of these platforms to help spread the word of the show and garner us more listeners. Also, don't forget to check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon page if you'd like to support the platform financially. Tiers start from £1. And for more details, please check out patreon.com forward slash theflyingfruitball. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.